In 2017, two boys found a pair of mystical goggles and their lives changed forever. The goggles gave them the ability to watch the movies others said were unwatchable. Now, they review these movies and save lives along the way. This is their story. This is Movie Goggles. Hello, everybody. My name is Nick, and... I'm Chevet. And we are your hosts of Movie Goggles. Thank you for joining us today as we go through a filmic journey through time to review the worst movies so that you don't have to watch them. Yeah. Now, today, we're going to be reviewing The Room, a masterpiece yeah. made in 2003. A little film you might have heard of, you know, a little... A little obscure indie <laughs> art house film. Well, not quite, as we'll <laughs> soon find out. Uh, the Room was made in 2003 by Tommy Wiseau. And, Chauvet, do you want to talk us through the plot of The Room or what we can sort of make out to be yeah. the plot if there is one? The plot of The Room, it's a, it's a bit of a... It's a domestic tragedy, I would say. Um it actually has a lot in common with maybe something like Death of a Salesman or something <laughs> like that, except it's it's just this trashy, um, very strange film. I mean, it, it's a film where sort of every creative decision seems to be the wrong decision. It does, and uh, he, he doesn't stop. Like, he makes the same mistakes yeah. one after another. Which is why we're still talking about it today. I guess that's kind of a testament to how bad it is. Um, it's it's considered by many to be the worst film of all time. People still go to the theatre to see it and will quote all the lines and apparently throw spoons. That's a thing. <laughs> throw spoons, yeah. A lot of the, uh, the design, the set design in the film is spoon-related. Yeah. Now... James Franco has recently uh, made a movie which has got a Golden Globe nomination, yep. I think, called The Disaster Artist, which is based off the making of The Room because of how disastrous the whole experience was. And it's really shot the creator into stardom, which he's he, yeah. he was expecting it a lot sooner, this guy, Tommy <laughs> Wiseau, but he's become good buddies with James Franco now. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that, but um, I'd be after after watching The Room for the first time, um, I think, was it both of our first times? It was. We watched it over the weekend separately, and I yeah. found it extremely painful. I think you had a bit of a different experience. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think my life can be divided into two <laughs> components now. Um, you know, the time but, before I'd watched The Room, <laughs> and, and the time afterwards, I feel pretty woke now. Yeah, I had a bit of an existential <laughs> crisis myself, actually. Um, Chauvet, we've got a couple songs coming up, and when we yeah. get back, we're going to be delving straight into the glorious depths of the room. Please put on your movie goggles. Hey, welcome back to Sin 90.7. The song you had just listened to was uh, it's by the 1975. <laughs> the Sound. The Sound by we're the 1975. Back, Nick and Chauvet, we're yeah. going to get into the room. Yep. Tommy Wiseau's 2003 drama masterpiece. Indeed. Now, The Room starts off with a, a little introduction to the character of Johnny. Um, yeah. Johnny's an all-American sort of guy. A hero. He's a hero. Except he doesn't sound or look like it. <laughs> In any sense. He's about <laughs> six foot four, long black hair, pale vampiric type skin. Yeah. But we'll leave that till later. Um, Johnny's a banker. He makes a lot of money, and he's about to marry. He's about to marry the beautiful Lisa, yeah. um, his future wife, as everyone keeps referring to her as, instead of the word fiance. Yeah. 
Um, now, one day, Lisa decides that she's bored of Johnny and decides to sleep with Johnny's best friend. Yeah. Mark. Exactly. <laughs> and that is where the drama unravels yeah. from. And that's why the film starts off with not one, but three sex scenes back to back to back. <laughs> not one, but two, but three within the first half an hour. Um, yeah. So it does take a little while to get a grip of what's going on. And they aren't normal sex scenes either. I was really confused by when, when I <laughs> started this film because a lot of the shots really linger. Um, yeah, it's quite uncomfortable. It's like, not like, it's not like uh, a sex scene where it's sort of like... It's it's a, it's made a bit more romantic, a bit more Hollywood. Like it, it is. Kind of, I mean, it's kind of romantic. It's supposed it's, to be sensual. He's, yeah, uh, but it just seems like a low budget porno at times. Yeah, yeah. It, I definitely felt uncomfortable watching it alone as well. I mean, <laughs> just I <laughs> I wanted someone else there so I could at least yeah. laugh off the awkwardness. Yeah. So anyway, after the um the half an hour. Of sex scenes gets out of the way. We finally were, and two two of which are with the main character Johnny and his beautiful wife yeah. Lisa, as she's often called. And then the third yeah. one is two side characters. Wow, you look so sexy, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> who we never see again. <laughs> After that, we're introduced to to Mark. Um, the point about the room is it's set. I think it's called the room because it's set in one bedroom yeah. in an apartment block, and everyone lives in this apartment block, including the best friend. Um, yeah. Mark, Marky boy. It, it really feels like it could be a play as well. Yes, definitely. I I think is so. Is that a is. thing? I hope I don't it know. Is. We could adapt it. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see that. The room live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the motivations for Lisa deciding to sleep with Mark aren't exactly clear. And I think we'll get back to that yeah. when we talk about Tommy Wiseau, who wrote the film and acted in it as Johnny. Um, he has a really weird worldview. <laughs> Um, but the thing about the room, I, I when I was writing down notes for this, there was there was about twenty or thirty, no exaggeration, plot lines that just don't resolve themselves yeah. in any way. Things um, that are just sort of brought up and then dropped, like um, Lisa's <laughs> mum brings yeah. up that she has breast cancer. Yeah, you and, expect that to be a hard hitting sort of yeah, and it's sort of game just brushed changer. off. Like, and Lisa oh. doesn't care either. Yeah. You've got Denny. Denny is a small... Um, he's a young guy who Tommy, again, the hero, he pays for Denny's tuition to get through college. Yeah. And um, one day, Johnny finds Denny up on the roof being interrogated by a drug dealer yeah. with a gun to his head asking for money. And again, <laughs> nothing... That yeah. goes nowhere. We never see Denny. He just, sort of, he just sort of says, don't worry, he's going to jail. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. So you just got to kind of accept it and keep again, on. There's just I think the thing about this film is there's so much going on. It's hard to put your attention in one in one particular one particular yeah. space. Oh, uh, it's surprising. It's a surprising film. I'll give it that. Um, I cannot tell you. It's confidential. Oh, oh come on. Why not? Little, no, I can't. Anyway, how is your sex life? Oh, that was a bit of Tommy. Tommy just said hello then. That was Tommy asking Mark again about his sex life. Um, yeah. Tommy, Tommy's an interesting guy, and we'll get back to his relationship with Mark, which I think mm. is the most important part of the story. Um, right now, we're going to play a couple of a couple of tunes for your ears. Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with this world. 
Welcome back to Sid 90.7. You're listening to Movie Goggles. The songs you were just listening to were Passion Fruit by Drizzy Drake, Madman, and before that, Wild Thoughts by DJ Khaled with Rihanna and Bryson Tiller. And now we're back into our discussion about The Room. Yeah, you may have just heard at the end of uh, the end of that song, we cheekily put in a bit of Tommy Wiseau saying he was fed up with this world. Yeah. Why, may you ask, is Tommy fed up with this world? Well, because he's the victim. That's what we're going to find out. Yeah. We're going to find out <laughs> what is going through his head when he wrote this disaster of a movie. Um, I feel like Tommy wrote himself into this movie... He's playing himself, essentially, or not himself. He's playing his absolute fantasy, the man he would love to be. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of it. Just a side note. I have a thing about people, like grown men, who calls themselves... Like, you got Jimmy Fallon, right? He doesn't call himself James. He calls himself Jimmy. Like, yeah. he wants that familiarity. Well, Tommy's done the same thing, and then he's gone for it again in Johnny, the character of Johnny. Yeah. He wants to be that familiar guy, that nice guy. He wants to so badly be a hero. But when he was writing this movie, I think you know a bit more about his history than I do, but he was really struggling to get yeah. any recognition as an actor, and he probably felt like... Um, everyone was against him. Well, and apparently, that's the thing. Him and Greg Sestero, who plays um, Mark, Mark, were both actors. They both wanted to make it big, but uh, I, but Greg, I mean, he, Sestero, he's a bit more of a good-looking guy, well, and he was hi, having Mark. a bit more success. So apparently, Tommy was a bit jealous by this. Mm. I think that sort of manifests itself in the film, where Mark is this. Uh, this sort of jealous character. <laughs> this treacherous, his, yeah. villainous friend who betrays so, him at every turn, every opportunity yeah. he gets. And, and the movie makes that very <laughs> apparent. It's like, oh, but Mar- but but Johnny's my best friend. <laughs> it always says that. Yeah, and then and Johnny would be like, I'm so glad you're my best friend, Mark. I love Lisa so much. <laughs> it is strange because every scene, I mean, they don't go for the show, don't tell uh, technique, that's for sure. I mean, every character tells Johnny, um, Mark's your best friend, and yeah. every character tells Mark, but Johnny's your best friend. So yeah. we know for sure that they're best friends. I think in real life, yeah, as you said, they sort of had not a love-hate relationship, but they had a bromance going on, and I think Greg Sestroth saw like some nice qualities in Tommy. He felt a bit sympathetic for him. Yeah. So he took on this terrible, terrible role <laughs> as like a favor to to his friend. Um, I don't know how he would have felt about being written into this character like an absolute villain. Yeah, but then he wrote the book afterwards, so I guess he sort of got to show his perspective a little bit. That's right. He yeah. wrote a book called The Disaster Artist, which is about the making of the film, which James yeah. Franco, as we said, has made into. <laughs> A very well, it's seeming to be a very successful um, movie for the year, which I'm certainly excited to go to yeah. go and see. Now, Chevet, you'd plan to do a little something, yeah, in this break. We're gonna do some impressions, so if we <laughs> some impressions of of Tommy of, of or Tommy. Jo- Johnny, I should say, Johnny, the all American hero. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, he's got a distinctive accent. The man claims that he's American. He claims he's from New Orleans. He claims he's from New Orleans. It's very clear he's not from America <laughs> and he's from some obscure European country. Yeah. He also claims that he's um, 35 years of age when he looks about 
for, Fif- late 40s. Fi- I was going to say Surely. 50s. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of wrinkle action going on. Uh, um, so this is this is uh, Tommy getting quite fed up with the world. Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with this world. We won't be doing that one. We're going to go for something <laughs> a little bit easier. <laughs> Love is blind. One of the many pieces of wisdom, the nuggets of wisdom that Tommy or slash Johnny gives in this film. Let's have a listen. You know what they say. Love is blind. <laughs> so okay, let's, like... let's start this competition off. Chavez versus <laughs> Nick. Let's go. You know what they say. Love is blind. Okay. That was alright. That was alright. Let's hear it again once more for good measure just to really etch that into your memories. You know what they say, love is blind. It's certainly... um, I certainly hope so for Tommy's (laughs) sake. He's not the best looking guy out there. Okay. (laughs) Alright. You know what they say, love is blind. Uh, and there's many iconic yeah. lines throughout the movie. You've got um, the point where Tommy tries to do his best impersonation. Yeah. Of Probably a, a lot of people would know some of these quotes, but might not have actually yes. seen the film itself. This, like obvi- a lot of people, I reckon, would know. <laughs> You're tearing me You're apart, Lisa. Lisa. Your favorite, oh. just a chicken. I don't yeah. think again Tommy's ever met a chicken in his <laughs> life before. This is what he thinks chickens sound like. Just a chicken. Chip, 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 chip. Maybe a cute little bird, but yeah, the tearing me apart line is yeah. um, it's pretty, it's pretty iconic in itself. And there's a lot you of all highs and all haze in this film, um, yeah. which is also what it's famous for. Yeah, my yeah. personal favorite. I did not hit oh, her. Hi, Mark. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. <laughs> I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Um, yeah. As we're going through <laughs> these lines, I know before the show, I, I said to you that I was really against this movie. I actually said, I hate this this guy. Like, um, he puts forth some really <laughs> uh, problematic, I guess, views of of women. Like, the whole yeah. time he's just like, women are manipulative and they play games for no reason. And, you know, Lisa, the main, his future wife, just cheats on him <laughs> because she's bored of him and has no compassion whatsoever. But these these lines they're they're just so they're just so tragic. Um, you are tearing me apart, Lisa. You can't help but feel bad for the guy. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Are you compassionate towards the man? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm not sympathetic towards his character, but. I'm not even sure if I'm. Well, he blur. It's not I'm just not his character. Sure he blurs the line. I'm just like I'm in shock and awe. I'm in admiration <laughs> of this guy because it's really still a mystery to this day uh. how this movie came about, how he did this. That's true. How well, he made his all I have to say to you, Chevet, is you must be crazy. I can't drink this. <laughs> uh, we got we got a couple of songs. Um, Coming up for you. This is Coming of Age by Foster the People. We'll be back soon yeah. uh, to finish off, to cap off our talk about The Room, starring, written, directed, produced, financed, destroyed by Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Stay with us. This is Nick and Chevet on Movie Goggles. Hey, welcome back to Sid 90.7 FM. You were just listening to 
Chanel by Frank Ocean. And before that, mm-hmm. another before song. That, who was it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> was it Coming of Age by Foster the People? It was Coming of Age by Foster the People. <laughs> All right, we're back. Chevet and Nick, Movie Goggles, yeah. The Room, Tommy Wiseau, 2003. Um, we do have our Movie Goggles on. We recommend that you all put yours on because we're about to go deep into this thing. We're yep. about to get in amongst the... <laughs> The intricacies of uh, modern of cinema. such a film. All right, we're gonna we're gonna discuss if it's such a bad film, if it's so terrible, like we've been saying. I've been trashing this thing. Mm. I said it was excruciating to watch. It was. I was, I was, I was gasping. I was in pain, looking away. But yeah. here we are talking about it many yeah. years later after it was made. Why? Why? Why do you think Chevet? Why? I think. I think it's a. Uh... It's quite timeless in a sense. It's timelessly bad, mm. if that makes sense. Uh, what? There are so many mistakes, like, you know, for example, the the dubbing of the voices. I don't know why I that know. was a decision. So, pretty much, for the listeners out there who haven't seen this masterpiece, um, yeah. pretty much, I seventy percent of the film, eighty seventy yeah. percent of the film, um, it's not actually. Tommy's like it's not the audio that was recorded at the time he's yeah. gone back in in post production and re-recorded himself saying all the lines obviously yeah. he wasn't happy with his acting performance and being the perfectionist that he is he wanted to go back and re-record the yeah. lines so it's really bad dubbing like his lips are moving yeah. but the sound is coming that's out that's the thing he's a perfectionist but then you know the lips the words aren't synced so then it just has yeah. this really sort of amateurish effect but it's all of these components like that, like the dubbed voices, out of sync, um, strange dialogue, strange acting, subplots, all of these like, I mean, if one of these things was wrong in in a good film, yeah. like say, for example, we got a good film yeah. and then the lip syncing was out of sync, they'd mm. be like, that was so annoying, you know, yeah. that, w- that was really bad. But all of these sort of components come together mm, it makes the film what it is yeah to make you're right it's like a beautiful sort of train wreck in yeah. a sense like everything I mean, that's why falls it's called the disaster out of artist, place right? yeah yeah he's an yeah, artist there's, there's something <laughs> there's something quite artistic there's something quite profound about it and I, I can't really say what exactly i can't put my finger on it I but would, there's also something i think there's something like warm about the film there's something yeah it's wholesome for sure this is a man yeah, who like, Went to L.A. under mysterious circumstances. No one really knows how he got there. He went to L.A. with a dream, and that was to become a movie star. And, my God, there must be tens of thousands of people who go to L.A. or wherever and don't make it. They have these dreams that everyone says to give up on them, and they give up, or, like, they just never make it. But this guy was so committed. He found $6 million dollars. To make this film where he and was no, the no hero, one knows and he why. did it. Like no one, no one knows to this day where that six million came from. He also had the billboard um, in Hollywood for about five years, I believe it was. Yeah, that's right. He put up a billboard um, in the middle of LA um, with his face looking like very scary, just and yeah. it just says the room, and it has his phone number, which people could call and and speak to him to ask yeah. about the movie, and he'd just be like, yeah, go see The Room. It's a really good movie. <laughs> um, 
Most I, bizarre but marketing anyway, strategy. But it you is. Talk, but you talk to the director. <laughs> I know. I'd star. love to do that with Spielberg or, and you know, producer. George Lucas before yeah. The Last Jedi comes out. <laughs> um, God forbid a Weinstein or something. But, um, like, I agree I, with you. Everything falls out of place, I should say, instead of in place in a really strange way. I think, for me, the reason why it's that, like, I like it in a sense is because of Tommy Wiseau and his story. Yeah. Like, you can see this is a guy who has no idea what he's doing and he's just, like, so out of depth with everything. Yeah. But he made it happen. Yeah. He made it. I mean, the fact (laughs) that, like, you know, scenes were shot, you know, and and they actually got actors to be a part of this film. I guess that's also a testament to how desperate people in Hollywood are. Very true. Like, they talk sort of Lisa, the main actress, you know? Yeah. She did not have it easy. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she went nude for this film. Yeah, with not just nude. I mean, that's fine, but, like, next to Tommy Wiseau, who <laughs> insisted. <laughs> I mean, you have listeners out there. I mean, if, if you still haven't bothered to look up who we're talking about, the name is Tommy W-I-S-E-A-U. You have to look him up, um, yeah. and you'll get the picture of what we're talking about. He insisted that his bare bum be shown in this film. <laughs> um and you see it multiple times in the first half an hour. Um, so from the get-go, you know what you're signing up to. Yeah. But he also is pretty ripped as well. He also... He is. You know, he has... You can see he's trying to... He's going for that sort of Hollywood movie star <laughs> look. The boy lifts. Yeah. <laughs> he lifts. And squats. He does. He does all of... He does all of the... Uh, of. But I don't know. I guess to, to answer this, to come back full circle, what we we're trying to answer, why it's such a bad movie, but people seem to love it. I think it's like reality TV shows, trashy shows, mm. um, you know, trashy magazines. It's the same thing. Like, people, you know, you're aware of how bad it is, yeah. but... You kind of like revel in the badness of it. You yeah. want to like, <laughs> you want to just hate it. You want to love to hate it, and I yeah. think that's what this film does. Does perfectly. I mean, there are still theaters showing it. There's one in Melbourne. I forgot the name of it, but there's one that does it screenings once a month, um, and I'm pretty sure it's just been playing continuously somewhere in LA. Mm. Yeah, like, and as what, we said, part now. of that wholesome. Um, community who loves the room what people do at those screenings is yeah, yeah they they throw spoons at the at the screen because for some reason in the be- in the room yeah every single photo and framed portrait is of a spoon for no apparent reason yeah um, again i i look back on that fondly yeah maybe it's a bit it's of a good. metaphor maybe it's meant to mean like Silver spoon or something like that, you know? (laughs) Who knows, man? Well, when we come back, we're going to wrap this up and we're going to decide once and for all, is this a bad movie? Is this an objectively bad movie? And does it deserve to be on episode one of our show, Movie Goggles? Hey, welcome back to Sin 90.7, Movie Goggles. You were just listening to World of Our Love by Client... Liaison, tune. Mm-hmm. We're reviewing the worst movie, arguably the worst yeah. movie of all time, The Room, by Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Um, if you've just tuned in, here's a little bit of of our man Tommy saying hello to a doggy. Hi, doggy. That was our boy Tommy saying hi to a doggy. Your favorite yeah. scene, Chevet. Oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now we're gonna sort of decide: is this 
a bad movie. The verdict. The verdict, yeah. <laughs> Once and for all, does this film deserve a spot? Number one episode of Movie Goggles. Yeah. Do you want and to do the honors? What do you? Uh, we'll get. We'll separately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> agree okay, or disagree I'm say, on this. Um, for a bad movie, it's pretty good because, <laughs> it, and it, it's good at being bad. Yeah. So yeah. in a sense, isn't it? Isn't it? If it's if it's that good, if it if it excels at at being bad, mm. doesn't that make it a good movie? The intention was never to be bad, though. It doesn't matter, though. If you if but like if you go out with like yeah. an intention of making a bad movie, like I don't know, like parody movies, like scary yeah. movie and stuff. Yeah, those films are just as terrible as the films that they parody. They are. Know? They're really cringy. I watched a few of them back in uh, yeah. 2009. This, yeah, the intention was to be a serious drama tragedy. Yeah, and he failed. In, in the same way. It vein. was terrible. It's yeah. like a comedy now when you watch it. He yeah. completely failed. But he he's even backtracked a little bit and said it's a, a black comedy. That's right. Yeah. So I think he failed. <laughs> he failed, but... He, he succeeded. unintentionally succeeded. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like it wasn't like a bad movie... Where at the end I was like, I never want to see that film again. I want to see this film again. There are so many, there are so many things you. I reckon I, I could pick you. up from watching this again. Um, so many little more hidden jokes or like more things that would just confuse me, like how it got to screen. Yeah. Um, because there's just you know so much ah! wrong That's with this Tommy film. yelling at the world. How I feel at your response yeah. right now. So I uh, hate. Wow, okay, for me, it was painful. It was the worst hour and 40 minutes in front of a screen I've ever spent. I hated it, and I think I suffered Stockholm Syndrome. Wow. You're a like, hater. by the end, I think you're suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, I'm a full hater. <laughs> I think that it's... I think you're you're regretting that hour and 40 minutes, and you're trying to find Definitely ways to not. justify it. As I've said before, there are, there are there is two stages of my life now. My life pre-watching The Room... And my life after watching it, and and now that I've seen it, I'm woke yeah. and I want to see it again. We've um, just a little side note. We've got some fan love coming in. Um, we're going to be setting up a Facebook page pretty soon yeah. for the fans of movie goggles. But someone's just messaged in to say that I still watch those parody films from 2009. Um, I deny this on all fronts, <laughs> but uh, we are doing a bad movie show, so maybe we can um, throw in a bit of superhero movie or meet the Spartans a little later down yeah. the track. Look, I think we're gonna agree to disagree here. You liked it. Yeah. All I've got to say is, it. <laughs> <laughs> you must be kidding, aren't you? That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. You must uh, be kidding, aren't man. You? <laughs> Please put on your movie goggles. Welcome back to Sid ninety point seven FM. You were just listening to TK Madza um, Simulation. This is Movie Goggles, the show where we talk about movies so bad we need goggles to watch them. We do. Our mystical goggles that we yeah. mysteriously found which grant us the powers to to watch these films that are so inexplicably terrible no one else can. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, f- to the listeners who have been here with us for the hour, we thank you if in our debut episode listening to us talk about The Room. Hopefully this episode was not yeah. as much of a train wreck as that film is <laughs> yeah and if you're in a room right now <laughs> you know hope you found this relatable enriching yeah if you're in a big apartment block with characters like Mark and Lisa even more relatable for you yeah <laughs> in any case 
We'll be making some social media accounts, movie yeah. goggles. We're going to plug them, get on them. We can, you can request bad movies for us to review. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be back reviewing a bad movie. Oh, I don't know what it is yet, but we don't we'll know decide. what it is. I've got- so, yeah, so stay up to date on social media. Look on Facebook for movie goggles. I'm sure we'll have it up soon. Once again, yeah. thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Nick. And Shivay. Thanks for listening to Movie Goggles. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Love you.